0: Welcome to the Geeky Side. I'm your host Tyra Burton and we're going to be exploring the inner geek of our guest each and every week. And this week, we're talking to Tadra Candle. She's an author the programming chair for Nink, and the assistants conference chair for Nink as well. She's written more books than we can count, and I can't wait for you all to meet her. Her interest really surprised me. So get ready to talk about some sports, some books from her childhood, as well as some really sexy TV known as Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to the Geeky Side. I'm Tyra Burton. And today, Toddra Candle is with us from the wilds of Florida.
1: At the wilds, that's right.
0: And I imagine that you are still um, in a heat wave.
1: Oh, always. Florida is in a heat wave from usually, sometimes April through November. This year, we did have spring. It was, it was lovely. We had a spring and we actually had like pleasant temperatures, evenings where you could go out and walk until early may so it was i i really couldn't complain yeah that's impressive we we walk outside and we turn into a pile of sweat that's yeah that's basically it it's just it's it's so hot that when you go to the beach you can't walk from your blanket to the water like your feet burn you have to wear foot protection on the way to the water <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, up here, so I live in Georgia, and so up here what we have is asphalt. And mm-hmm. you can't take the dogs for a walk without booties. I mean, it's, and if you're not wearing booties, if your dog is not wearing booties, and you're walking them in Florida or Georgia, shame on you, because their little feetsies are hot. I know. So, so true. <laughs> but I know Tadra because we are both writers, but she has written so much. I think you've written almost more than anybody I know.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I. I, I have friends who have released close to um, the amount that I have, but I, I think I'm kind of oh yeah in the upper echelons. I'm somewhere north of 130 books.
0: Which is just insane. And in how many years have you done that?
1: Uh, ten and a half.
0: Okay. The only person I knew that was close to you was a, my friend Catherine Hines. Mm. Um, but she did middle school history books. So uh-huh. she did... Tons of them, um, over a span of years. So, but much different than writing that many novels, yes, over ten years. So.
1: Yes, yes. I had. I always say, you know, I had been like thinking about them for the first, say that the the twenty years before that, maybe the thirty years before that, and it just took me that
0: long to sit down and get them all written. See, I think that there's so many writers that we hit a certain age, and then all of a sudden we're like, "I've got to write. Get out of my way." It's like. Right. It's that truth of there is more than one career in your life. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit more about what what you do on a day-to-day basis, who you are.
1: I am, um, I am a writer. I am an author and I'm an, uh, in de- mostly independently published author. I was hybrid for a while. Um, and then I found the truth of what my mother used to say that I don't play well with others and I do better <laughs> as an independently published author. <laughs> so I am, I'm still primarily, um, indie published. Um, and I am also, and I write romance. I write, uh, I started out writing paranormal romance, and then I segued into adult uh, contemporary romance, which I found out I really liked. Ah. Yeah, so I have written in a number of genres. Um, I love small town. I love royal romance. um, I have, uh, you know, sports romance, all of that. I I enjoy all of it. Um, And when I'm not writing, I am a wife and a mother and a nana.
0: I bet a nana means you have
1: grandbabies. It does. I have two beautiful, adorable granddaughters who are three and a half and the the baby will be one next month. Actually, the baby shares a birthday with you, I believe, right?
0: Yes, we're both September 17th, I yes. think. Yes, that's and it. I believe one of yours has a name very close to my mama's. Uh,
1: Delia or Nora?
0: Delia, because so- my mom was Dilla. Okay, that's right. We're yeah. Very close. So we have this whole symbiotic thing going on here. Uh, definitely. Definitely uh, and I think it's it's interesting. If people don't read romance, they think that there's only one type of romance, but oh, yeah. There are so many. There's like you can't even name how many different subgenres oh. of romance there are. And Todger writes in many of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's a uh, very professionally involved. I think that's one of the great things is not only are you a writer, you help other writers by doing things like uh, Nink and right, being NINC. a conference chair and doing conference uh, appearances.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I got involved with NINC, which is short for Novelist Inc. Um, mm, 2014, 2015. Um, you have to qualify. Nink is one of the, uh, few author organizations that actually has a a qualification requirement and that means that all of us who are there when we have conferences are uh, of a certain level. We don't have any um, or I will say we have very few who are brand new published authors Um, and most of the time uh, our attendance is made up of people who have been published for a number of years and have a number of books and um, know what they're doing. You know, uh, last year we had a first time industry guest and I had been telling him as I do all of our industry guests, you know, our, our uh, attendees require a certain level. Uh, we had a, uh, somebody who worked with us who used to say it was a master's level course, you know, uh, yeah. when you speak and he said, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. And then um, I saw him we start on a Wednesday with, like, a Wednesday night with a reception, whatever, and then our, our workshops start on Thursday. And when I saw him Thursday morning, he was bleary-eyed, and I said, what's going on? And he said, I didn't sleep because I didn't believe you. And then I talked to all these people last night at the reception, I realized I had to completely retool my presentation for today. And yeah, and, and he did. And he, you know, so I, I, I tell that story to all of our new speakers as a cautionary tale. Gotcha. Believe me, because they know how to upload books. They know how to, you know, they know the basic stuff um, and and they demand a a certain level of, of expertise. So, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, We have a a conference every year on the beach. I always say we are the most fun laid back conference because we're right on the beach uh, in, in St. Pete beach. And um, it's, it's work, but it's also Uh, a lot of networking and a lot of fun. I mean, really, it is a crazy amount of fun.
0: I presented one year at NINK and it was amazing. (laughs) I mean, well run just, but it's a bunch of people getting their geek on about being writers and how to make that profession better and how, because Mm -hmm. so few writers, I think a lot of people don't know, can't make their living off of being a writer. It's, it's the side job. Right. You know, it's the passion job. It's not what is putting bread on the table and uh, places like Nink, uh, organizations like Nink help people figure out how to make it. So it's what puts bread on the table. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So we know, you know, you love to write and we know you love your grandbabies which are super important, but what else do you get excited about out there in the geeky universe? Well, you know, I,
1: I was thinking about this and, and I, I have a lot of passionate fandoms, I realize, And I thought to myself, um, you know, I was thinking about my dad because I realized that my dad introduced me to a lot of those passionate fandoms. And I started thinking when I was, when I was growing up or coming of age, we would talk about people who, who were geeks and, and had geeky passions about things in a certain way. We would look at like Trekkies, like people who watched Star oh, yeah. Trek. We were not a Star Trek family. Like my memory of Star Trek was that I had a babysitter who was a Trekkie and she was so absorbed in the show that she let my baby sister roll under the playpen. And, and I never forgot that, you know, I was, I was really upset. I was like, you're watching TV. But so when I thought about it, but then I realized, no, I have really had my whole life. Um, we, when I look at what my first fandom probably was, was probably little house on the prairie, not the TV show, not the TV show, which is fine. The TV show is fine, but, um, the books, um, my dad would read to us every night before we went to bed. And that was one, that was one of the first series that I have memory of him reading. And, uh, it was special to him because he had met, uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's daughter Rose when she was a war correspondent and he was in Vietnam. She, he met her in Vietnam and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not too long before she died actually. Um, so, so he had that connection, and we actually we visited her house in Mansfield, Missouri. Um, later in life, I lived in Wisconsin, and I visited the little house in the Big Woods, which was so cool. I I walked along Lake Pepin, and and like I could just picture it. It was again. I, I was like, yeah, I am a total little house geek. <laughs> um, you know, I had a, a friend who just spent a week in South Dakota, and I said. Did you go to Desmet? She was like, no. And I said, why not? You were in South Dakota. Why did you not go to Desmet? You know, which is where Laura and Amanzo met and lived and whatever. For for those uninitiated, that is that is that. So, you know, and I can still tell you. I can still, uh, you know, I can still tell you a lot about the stories. I can tell you that my book um, by the shores of Silver Lake. The first few pages were stiff with tears because that's when something sad happens to an animal. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but there's a loss. And I cried a lot, <laughs> you can see, because the pages are tear splattered. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But then, you know, after, after that, I don't know that I was so much of a, a fandom person until I was married. I had three children. Did I have three? Maybe I only had two. And my husband and I had just moved back to South Jersey, where we were both from. I was an Army brat, so I didn't live there a whole long time. I lived there off and on, but he had lived there. So we went back and we had put kids to bed and we're exhausted we're flipping around the TV. You know, in those days we only had the three channels in UHF, right? And so we're flipping around the TV and we saw this show and we started watching it like, wow, this is really good. And it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The first episode we saw was actually um, The Pack, which is about Xander and, and hyenas and... And it was such a great metaphor for high school and what happens when you get involved with the wrong set of people, whatever. But it wasn't in a preachy after-school special way. You know, it was, it was just cool. And we had heard of the movie, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm trying to think. I don't think we had watched the movie at that point. But um, but we, we were like, well, this is good. And we knew Sarah Michelle Geller, I knew Sarah Michelle Geller because she had been in um, All My Children. She'd been on All My Children. Um, and I had been a soap opera. So maybe I did ha- also have a fan of soap operas all day. I seasons. didn't
0: know she was on a soap opera.
1: She was. She played Kendall. She played Kendall on all my children.
0: Yeah. I should have known that because, okay, I think a lot of us, particularly of people of our age, grew up watching soap operas with our mom. Yeah. So yeah. Another World was my mom's, but okay. we also watched all my children occasionally. So that, I told somebody
1: the other day we were. We might have been Presbyterian, but what we really identified as was ABC soap opera people. We only watched ABC soap operas. You know, we watched Ryan's Hope, um oh, yeah. All children, One Life to Live in General Hospital. Boom, boom, boom. Um they they threw Loving in later, but loving was not one of the originals.
0: Yeah. You know, loving, and it was it was later on in the Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was it was a spin-off of something else. But yeah, and I watched it with my grandmother. My mother watched them too, but my grandmother and I were. Like we were the diehard fans. When I lived in Hawaii, she would send me the clippings every week of the little synopsis in case I'd missed them during the week. So,
0: <laughs> first off, I, let, let's go back and say Hawaii. I didn't know you lived there. Yes, my first two children were born there. I was.
1: I lived in Hawaii for five years. That's what. That was our first duty station. So,
0: I. I your husband was also in the military. I forgot. So, not only did you grow up in the military, you married.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, I uh, am the daughter of a West Point grad and the
0: wife of a West Point grad. So, I am okay. one of those. They yeah. should give you a badge of honor for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, but you survived and moved on, and and you got five years in Hawaii out of it. Yes, so. five years
1: in Hawaii. Our, as I said, our first two kids were born there. But uh, it was, um, we lived in Hawaii before. Fun things like cell phones and the internet and whatever. So, you know, yeah. our we I was allowed a 10-minute phone call twice a week with my parents. Like that was it. My dad was like, okay, come on. Cause back then we used to pay for long distance.
0: You know. I got grounded. I dated somebody in Statesboro, Georgia, which was in a different area code. And there was a big bill. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I believe that my husband's parents sent him like they they sent him something when we were dating because he was at West Point and I was at University of Richmond and they were like, you know, (laughs) my phone calls back then were a lot longer than the 10 minutes my father, uh, you know, allowed (laughs) me when we when we lived in Hawaii. So, yeah.
0: And it's amazing how much just that change. Of not having to pay exorbitant prices to talk to somebody,
1: no.
0: well, and that wasn't even a state away. I mean, with Hawaii over here, that's a, that's a huge jump. Yeah, it, was. it was, but to not have to pay for that is just amazing to me. I mean, right. in in our lifetime, have that changed?
1: I know my kids, um, all uh, two of my kids, spent the summer off and on in Europe, and I could call them. You yeah. know, they could call me. We
0: could text. Communication is just so much better than it was. Absolutely, We have a good friend. Both of us have a good friend in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go crazy oh, if, right. you know, if I didn't hear from her, except by snail mail letters and exactly yeah. $4 a minute conversations. Mm-hmm. So
1: True.
0: you yes. young people don't know how good you have. It. <laughs> young whippersnappers. That's right. So who knew that you probably also were a soap opera geek at the time? I
1: was. Yes, definitely. Knew them, knew them all, knew them all. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, so when we saw Buffy, you know, as I said, and then we had, I had to wait, I was thinking about this this morning. I had to wait until the summer to, uh, uh, Buffy was, uh, did not, Buffy started in the spring of, I should know this, but I want to say it was 1995. It might've been 1996. Don't know, but I'll find yeah, out. Yeah, I should know this. I should I should know this. It might have been later. If I I want to say my third daughter was born. So it might have been 96 or 97. Um 97, March 10th. March 97. Okay, so that was my thought. So so I did actually have three children. Um, but at any rate, uh we had to wait for the summer to catch up on the three episodes we had missed before, um, uh, which you know, were the the two, the pilot, which was a two-parter, and then one called The Witch, which was about cheerleaders. And, and uh, yeah, so that one was a really good one, too. But I became such a good Buffy fan, such a, a devoted Buffy fan, that when it got to, I'd been talking to my sister about it off and on. And then um, the middle of season two, which was the first full season, because the first season was only from March until you know June. Um, the first full season, it, there was a pivotal point, and it was one of the most amazing two hours of television I had ever seen. It was um, for for those who are are Buffy burst. It was um, uh, innocence. And A Surprise and Innocence were the two companion episodes. So something happens with Buffy and her 200-year-old boyfriend, Angel, who's a good vampire. He's a vampire with a soul, okay? And and what happens after, in the aftermath of that, was just heartbreakingly well done. And I called my sister and I said, you have got to start watching this show. I don't care what you do. (laughs) And she was she had graduated from college. So she was a nurse um, living in Florida at the time. And I said, no, just, just whatever, just stop, just do it and watch it. And then she did. And she became this huge fan too. And so I like started pulling people in and um, we would do things like, I mean, my kids watched it from the time they were tiny. My my daughter and my, my son, my youngest daughter and my son don't remember a life without Buffy <laughs> you know we would have parties for like the the season finales or whatever we would have uh, all of our family come over my husband would make he um, has a famous hot fudge recipe for ice cream and he would make that and we would all sit around and um you know my son says some of his earliest memories are of the the theme of Buffy because I would pick him up and dance to a, to a thing. and yeah so he you know my my kids don't know a life without Buffy and I would always joke. Everything comes back to it. They would have a problem. And I would say, well, <laughs> as we learned from, you know, from, Buffy. from Buffy. Yeah. So um and so, and we're still a huge fans. So I to say, are are your kids
0: also fans?
1: My kids are. Um no, they're not, I would not say that they are necessarily, they're not gonna go and watch Buffy, um, you know, the way that 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 i did except my second daughter I know we'll do a rewatch. I'll, I'll she'll she'll like i'll hear her in her she still lives here with us and I will hear her watching and I'll be like I know what episode this is I can tell it just by <laughs> just by the dialogue um and my sister and I still like we will she will just have to she'll text me in the morning and just give me a few words and I'll know exactly what she was watching and you know and we watch around Thanksgiving there's certain episodes we watch there's there's Halloween episodes that we watch and yeah. So, and and yeah, every now and again, we'll do like a season one. Um, And she's actually listening to a podcast right now that I don't, I should have the name of it because I should have shared that. But um, it's, it's these two guys who are, I think it started out with two guys, might be three guys now, but who are watching it from the beginning. One of them already watched it and one of them is a newbie and they're watching it all through. Yeah. So and she's been trying to get me to, to listen to it. So.
0: I bet she'll win that one.
1: Oh yeah, she definitely will. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of, I have a long drive coming up in, uh, in November, so I'll probably catch up at that point. So.
0: So yeah. do you think that Buffy had an impact on you writing paranormal romance?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, um, you know, just the, the writing on the show was so good. And I would say that, it not only impacted my paranormal romance, but also probably my contemporary romance, just with some choices and some, you know, some different out of the box thinking, um, you know, if Joss Whedon is slightly problematic now, you know, and, and that broke my heart because I had always been such a huge Joss Whedon fan. I would have, you know, walking across Broken Glass to hear him read the phone book, but um, but, I uh, you know, regardless of, of those problematic things, I still think he's got incredible genius when it comes to, to writing and producing.
0: Um, and yeah. his creative. Yeah. Park is amazing.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, just some of the choices that were made, um, were, were mind blowing. So yeah.
0: And out of the park, I think, I think he he changed how we can do relationships and yeah. what happens in a series and what you mm-hmm. know took that formula and said, Oh no, we don't need that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, change the round. If if you're I, I'm a I'm a fan of the Big Bang Theory and I love the episode where Leonard is thinks he's finally found the thing that is going to make he and Penny, it's it's gonna be their their shared passion. It's like I can't believe I haven't thought about this before. I want you know I want you to watch Buffy, and she's like, "Yeah, it was cute," and it just crushes his soul. That he's like, "You understand that it's usually the monster chasing the girl, but the funny thing is, it's the the, the girl chasing the monster." And she's like, "Yeah, I get it," you know. And it's just it doesn't click with her, you know, per se. Um, and and I feel that because I have I have lent my episode my my library of Buffy. DVDs to people and waited for them to call me and be like, "You're right, I love it." (laughs)
0: You know. Sometimes they're like, "Well, you know."
1: Yeah. Well, and I always tell people get start at season two and then go back to season one because season season one had a little bit of dating and a little bit. It's a little bit dated and a little bit. they were just hitting their stride. The, the episodes are still good, but they're better if you see them through the lens of, of season two. Um, so, yeah. And, and you know, it it's... I, my daughter is, what, going to be 27 this year who was a baby when they came out. So, I mean, they, these are... The show is older. We, we joke sometimes that if they'd had cell phones, it would have been an entirely different series. A you know, truth. They, yeah. <laughs> They didn't get cell phones until the very last season. And even then they didn't use them very much. So,
0: yeah, I I wonder like 20 to 30 years from now when people look back on, you know, all of the paranormal and uh, sci-fi series and go, but we, but we do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: what is it? There's, um, you know, our our photographs are almost Harry Potter like now. Yes. Like you can see them moving in it and yeah.
0: Yeah, I went back, my husband loves Humphrey Bogart, and one of his favorite movies is Casablanca, and I had actually never seen it, Uh so I watched it with him, and I told him, I said, there are things that I find exceedingly problematic with it, because I don't like the female lead character at all, but I said, you know, if you put aside the lens of today... And look at it from the lens of then, mm-hmm. I get it and I appreciate it and it's beautiful and the acting is awesome,
1: yeah.
0: but um, if I put on my lens of today, I just kind of want to slap her. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so I always think of uh, when Harry met Sally, and that you know that in that movie, there's that on the, there's kind of that Casablanca thread that runs through it, where they're arguing about um, whether or not she really would have done what she did at the end, you yes. know. Uh, in Casablanca and how Sally's take on that changes from the ride from Chicago to New York to like five years later when she's in a different place so yeah if you haven't seen Sally that's another good one well
0: Tom Hanks is just awesome let's just put that out there (laughs) he is
1: He is. yeah
0: and at least he's he's stood the time of being a good person too so yes Um, yes absolutely absolutely I agree
1: yeah. So I find and, it
0: interesting that Buffy probably impacted your paranormal, and yes. Little House on the Prairie probably did your small town.
1: In a lot of ways, yeah, and um, you know, and I, I just think that the idea of um, of family, Little House was very much about about the you know the the bonds of family, and and you know choices and and what have you. Um, so yeah, little Little House was definitely there. Buffy, paranormal, and also. You know, even more than paranormal, Buffy probably was about friendship and oh. relationship because that really was at the core. Yeah. the The thing that made Buffy different from the other vampire slayers in every generation, there shall be one, um, was that they had all been loners. They had their watcher, and the 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 um, Slayer watcher relationship was was. Um, it seems like it was mostly almost like father daughter in a lot of ways. Um, And it, and it certainly was with Buffy and Giles. Um, But there was also a remove because a watcher knew that the likelihood that he would outlive his slayer was high. And then his job was over because there'd be a new watcher and a new slayer and and so on. Um, But the thing that made Buffy different was from the get go was that she had friends who knew they were, they were the Scoobies. So, um, you know, they had Willow and Xander and then later Oz and, um, and Anya and, you know, they had the, and Cordelia. And so you had this whole group of people and who were there helping her, even though they were mortals and um, not, did not have the slayer power, Right. Um, you know, and then later y- you had, and you always had Angel there as kind of a, you know, a skulking side figure and later Spike. And yeah, so it was really about the relationships and this tension between um, what you can share and what you can't share and uh, your friends who understand you even when you're different. And yeah, so I think that that's probably a huge influence. I, I, my books are definitely relational and and that's
0: important in them. So. So I have to ask Team Spike or Team Angel. Oh Lord! um I was always a big angel fan
1: angel actually is from my neck of the woods, and um his dad was our news, our weather man dave roberts and so david david grew up we we were in the same you know in the same crowds grew up about the same time in the same place so um you know clearly has like gotta be David, but um you know what spike i I probably ended up more Team Spike because I felt like Angel's soul was forced on him. He did not seek it out. He loved being a bad boy and he was not a nice person before he became a vampire. Angel was, was not a nice person as immortal. There was a reason that he you know, became who he was. Um, Spike was definitely a kinder, softer soul before he became a vampire. He, he was, um, you know, he wrote poetry. He, he was a mama's boy. He um, was just, he was not a bad person. Um, and then he sought out a soul on his own and went through great trials to be re And that was all for love of Buffy. So, you know, and, and at the end, no spoilers, but at the end, he...
0: It's, I think everybody knows. It's okay.
1: <laughs> well, that that he, you know, he sacrifices himself for Buffy at the end. So, you know, you don't know. There might be somebody out there who's right in the middle of season seven and is like, wait, wait what? <laughs>
0: and we're sorry. but
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go into details, but I'm just... You gonna- should know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> True. True. Uh, I, I also am kind of a team spike, but I think it's interesting how... The kind of suave, good looking guy has the different background, and the one who looks like the bad boy has the softer background. I think there's a really good juxtaposition there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Well, Spike always said that Billy Idol took his, t- stole his look from Spike. Um, and uh, the other thing about Angel is I always liked, I liked Angel better after he went off and had his own show in LA <laughs> because yes. he was quippier. He was always just so. He was always just kind of like the rainy prince in in yeah. when he was in Buffy, with with a few exceptions. Um,
0: he was the dark gray cloud. That
1: he really was. He just had this sense of doom about him that, you know, it was never going to work out well. And you know, um, he was Linus. He he was in a lot of ways, and and I. But I think there were reasons why he was a realist. Yeah, he, well. he could see. He he had seen slayers come and go, and he had been watching Buffy. You know, we find out later that he had been watching Buffy for quite a long time before he got to know her, before he actually made himself known to her. So,
0: which is um, creepy.
1: We're just saying it is creepy, but that you you also it's not as creepy as what it sounds. Yeah, because he was just kind of helping her from afar because, you know, she's a slayer, he's a vampire. Just a, doesn't seem like a good mix. So. Yeah, probably not.
0: Yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so is there anything else you geek out about um
1: x-files big x-files fan again from that was a dad that was that was a thing that was my dad he uh he was like we're watching this show it's really good you should watch it um yeah and um you know so that was that was a, a definite thing i'm i'm a supernatural so, you know, there is a trend here. Definitely. I would say, I see a trend. Yeah, there is there is a trend. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about things that are non, like, typically fandom, because I was looking, you know, when we were talking the other day and you said your your husband is, uh, his geekdom is also do-it-yourself, oh, yeah stuff and whatever. And I am also very passionate about food and specifically... Oh, yeah. Yeah, specifically like um sustainability when it comes to food and life and, and whatever. My my whole family is kind of into into that. Um, but I am definitely a a food person, you know. I I am back in the day, I never missed an episode of the next food network star. I <laughs> I will still turn on, you know, excuse me, uh, uh one of the kitchen shows or whatever. Oh, okay. I'm I'm working or what have you so yeah and I I follow um uh what's her name Lee her name she used to be married to Billy Joel what's her name oh
0: uh Katie Lee Katie Lee Whew. <laughs> <laughs> went off my head I couldn't um, get off of Christy Brinkley if that makes you feel nah, better. Nah, I'm I'm gonna, like, that's not who do? she's
1: talking about Need to see if I had think of her cookbook right here um but yeah, I, I definitely um, you know I I followed Paula Dean back in the day. Uh, yeah. I've been to a restaurant. Um, so yeah, so food is food is something that I love cooking. Um, I'm feeling a little hamstrung right now because my daughter who lives with us is they're putting her on she's on an exclusion diet, so she can't have garlic or onions, oh. or like a, a lot of other things, you no know, broccoli, and so I'm. Oh. I'm I'm a little pouty about it because for me, my favorite thing in the world is to heat a really good olive oil and toss freshly chopped garlic in it. Just breathe it in. Like that is, that is, that is comfort for me right there. I'm like, okay.
0: okay." And the whole house smells and it's like,
1: I know, And you know, my husband's Italian. So a lot of our cooking and he taught me to cook because I got married and I had not been allowed to cook. So um, he taught me everything. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, garlic is a staple. And it's been yeah. very – I said to her the other day, how much longer does this go on? You know, because we I mean, make a lot of carrots, a lot of carrots and baked potatoes because she can have those.
0: Oh, a poor so, thing. I mean, yeah. I think – I. I, I hope they find out what it is that's triggering. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I hope so, too, because – we're coming into my season, holiday cooking, Ooh, and I'm not, you know, my family has had. That's another thing we're very, we're very uh, passionate about is our, our our holiday celebrations. My kids yes. are like, you do not make changes. There has to be a council, and it's, it's <laughs> almost like the council of Nicaea, where before any changes can be made, we all still talk about the one year that my oldest daughter brought succotash. It, it almost, you know, th- there was. And she did it, and she she didn't want to tell anybody, and it leaked out the night before, and it was a whole big deal. Like, we do not have suck attached for Thanksgiving. We are not those people. <laughs> we are not those people.
0: <laughs> I remember when we, uh, as my parents got older, we moved from like this big dinner to doing sandwiches and sides because it was just easier. And uh, my husband's still like, I I want Thanksgiving. I want Christmas. And I'm like, okay, well, we will we will do our Christmas and we'll make all the casseroles and it'll be fine, but you're going to have a sandwich at Christmas Eve. I'm sorry. (laughs) My, um, my third daughter was born the Tuesday before Thanksgiving.
1: We actually came home from the hospital on Thanksgiving day. It was, it was like one of those years that we were, we lived in New Jersey, we were coming home. And as we drove home with the new baby, it started to snow. I mean, it was like quintessential holiday. Right. And because my mother said that year she had been you know she'd had the older two girls and she said we're not I'm not going to cook we're going to go out for Thanksgiving and you know okay we did so we took my my hours old baby out for Thanksgiving dinner and people said how old is she and I'd say what time is it I'll tell you you know um but um after that my mother thought well this was great we yeah. should do it every year so i think we did it that was 95 i think we did it also in 96 and then my husband was like i don't like to go out for thanksgiving and honestly i didn't either because i loved cooking for thanksgiving so we started um, cooking thanksgiving that was we started doing it ourselves and then whoever came came and and we continue to do that um, to this day but my kids like there are certain dishes that are just not negotiable like no this is this is what we have this is it
0: this is it oh. yeah. my uh my best friend and her husband um they're don't have children we don't have children mm-hmm. so we go out to now that my parents are gone we actually go out and have thanksgiving someplace or have it brought yeah. in one of the two people yeah. pick it up and bring it home with my sisters and then we go and have thanksgiving real food with our friends. And then mm-hmm. the Saturday afterwards, we have Thanksgiving with his family. So yeah, that's
1: nice. And that's so that, that, a
0: bit of everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that works out well. Um, I, I, have a friend who has Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving. Like she just goes and picks up the meal and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's good. And honestly, I don't really love Turkey that much. I don't either. I'm not a Turkey eater. Yeah. So I eat all the sides. I love all the sides. I love stuffing. I love, you know, ham. But, oh, yeah. give me a ham. Too. Me too. I'm a much that yeah, that's Easter and Christmas, those are my things. So oh,
0: yeah. yeah. But my my bestie does brine her turkey for 24 hours, and it is the only turkey I eat. Ooh. So every Thanksgiving I eat her turkey, and that's my turkey for the year. And I bring the honey baked ham.
1: Yes. I, I don't blame you. I would be there too. But you know, my kids like for them, it's not even so much the food, it's like the smell. My son says that his visceral memories are waking up and already smelling the, the sage and the onion mm-hmm. and the, as I'm cooking the stuffing and then coming out and watching the, the parade. And that is like, that's a non-negotiable for him. That's how it has to be.
0: Well, sometimes yeah. you just have to do it.
1: Sometimes you just have to do
0: it. Yeah. Well, I have to say that one of the things I thought you would say today would be football because I have seen some very passionate Facebook posts about football.
1: It is true. It is true. That is, that is another huge fandom that is. uh, um, And and I think they kind of wrap around because, you know, food and football, they kind of go together too. Um, Yes, I am a huge. And and again, that came from my dad. My dad um, was primarily a a college football fan, but also followed the Eagles and and whatever. So I am a, a diehard army football. I will support them till I die. Um, you know, we joke that I've been an army fan longer than my husband because he only started when he went to West point. I had been, I don't remember ever, not Um, like army football. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, so I I do love college football and I do love uh, professional football too. And,
0: I've seen some very, very powerful posts about your, your love of football. So
1: it is true. And there's people who don't understand it. And there's people who, there's people in my family who don't understand it. I think, I think with this second granddaughter, I think I might have gotten one because I've noticed that whenever it's on, she can't look away. So I'm like,
0: Hmm, I'm crossing my fingers for you. uh, The other ones are, they're just,
1: you know, I had a conversation with my, my one daughter the other day. I was like, why, why? Why don't you just like, I, why would I, I just don't get it. Oh my
0: gosh. Mm. I know. I mean, I grew up in Atlanta Falcons football, which is like growing up on really, we're sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plus Atlanta teams. But, um, I will tell you when I switched teams, when I married my husband, cause he's a Chiefs fan mm. and, um, but it was knowing the players and their stories. Yeah. And that's what kind of kicks me, in. and that's why I, I watch baseball. I love the St. Louis Cardinals because yep. I know the story of Yadi Molina. I know the story of right. Paul Holtz, and yeah. So it's that emotional connection. So maybe try that. Maybe have player <laughs> spotlights to try I to. Have tried. You know, I, I have really tried. I will send them. I'll, I'll
1: say I, I sent. Uh, um, I'm a big fan of the the Ertz family, who used to he used to play for. Um, Philadelphia now he's in um, Arizona playing for the Cardinals and Julie Ertz just had had their first baby and she had posted a recipe so I sent it to all my kids and they're like who is this person and I tried to explain it and they were like no we don't care but no I, I feel the same way I mean I that's why I love and I, it's my thing on um, Saturday mornings from uh, end of August because I think it starts is it next Saturday of uh, college game day Mm -hmm. If you do not watch college game day, I mean, I, I cry every week because there's some story that's going to make you cry on there about some kid who overcame incredible odds and is now playing and, you know, and changing his life, you know, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I, you know, I struggled. There are some problematic aspects of, um, of football and I, um, have a friend whose father, uh, Played uh, for the Broncos for uh, um, some years, and um, and we have this conversation a lot uh, about you know uh, head injuries and and concussive yeah. uh, situations. Um, and I really, I but I am very, I'm in full support of doing whatever the league needs to do to make it safer for for people to play the game. You know, um, I, I don't have any problem with that because I do feel like you know you, you see. Um, the number of of people who have issues after, and that that does make me sad. But uh, you know, hey, watching watching the Hall of Fame inductions that's that's like a year's worth of soap opera right there, right? Oh
0: yes, yes, yes. yes. So. Well, and there seems to be, and this isn't happening in baseball too. A number of players who want to stay with a team, they don't want to be right. traded. They want to make their career at yeah. a place because they're building something bigger than. Just a team. Yeah. And that's been a really interesting thing that's been happening the last few years. I mean, um, Freddie Friedman from Atlanta, Mm -hmm. very, very upset about what he did not know about his contract negotiations because he would have preferred to stay here. Yeah, You know, so... Yeah, that's the only tidbit of Atlanta baseball I know. So I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I I came of age.
1: My parents um, and my my grandmother and my grandfather, grandmother on my mother's side, grandfather on my dad's side, were huge Phillies fans. So I, you know, and, uh, they won the World Series in in 1980, and so you know I was. I'm still a a uh, Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, Manny Trio. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing, I, that's, they were my team. I actually got to see most of them. They came to Hawaii one year to do a benefit game. And I was, and I went,
0: yes. Yeah, for you.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool for me. They will always be the pinnacle of, of, of baseball. So
0: anyway. Very good. Well, we're, we're Cardinals fans in this household.
1: Yes. And I can, I support that too. Yeah.
0: I mean yaddy Molina. I mean anyway. No, I be- could geek I could geek out about that for a while. This could be their year. Well hope. I mean it, I hope they have a good run. Yeah. i um, you know, uh, because we know that three of them will probably be done after this year. Right. Yeah. And um, the three amigos and well, I'm just glad Paul Holtz came home.
1: I know, yes, I know. So yeah.
0: so I'm not gonna cry, it'll be fine. <laughs> 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 I sweated and in- july georgia heat to see him play so. wow
1: that is that is really that is devotion it That's was horrible but i mean yes
0: but uh it's definitely worth it so i i, I totally get the whole sports f- football so yeah um, cross my fingers for that that latest grandbaby will come through for you
1: No, i'm gonna i'm gonna start picking her up on sunday mornings or saturday mornings and bringing her over to watch football with Nana so
0: you see I can see it now it will well what is next up for you in life
1: I am um, well I'm in the middle we're we're getting ready for our our big Nick conference which is happening at the end of September in St. Pete Beach so very excited about that yeah not stressed at all not stressed at all no actually we're 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 good and we're very excited we are a sellout crowd this year and we have a lot of new speakers coming so um, and we have a full 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 Uh, track of workshops so we're very excited about that
0: that's exciting
1: um personally my i this is the longest i've gone without releasing a book um, i I noticed i was like yeah Yeah. um and that just because i did some i I had i i shifted some things business wise i concentrated a lot of business issues this year so um but on tuesday of next week a week from uh you're on third um August 30th, I'll say, because um, uh, the Royal Nanny Undercover comes out. And that oh. is part of, it's part of my anti-Cinderella world. So that's that's that. And then um, it's also uh, part of a multi-author series called The oh. Perfect Nanny. So every author released a nanny book um, starting in January, every, every author. So uh, August is my month. So. Yeah, royal Nanny Undercover releases, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about, 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 about it now too. The yeah. anti Cinderella
0: series is my favorite.
1: Yeah, I love I love that one. I had a, a lot of fun with that one because I'm also a royal fan. Boy, you know I I, I turn I a lot of fandoms. Yeah, I've been a, I've been a royal uh, a royal follower for from the time I was little, and my grandmother used to tell me stories about. Elizabeth, Princess Elizabeth and Margaret. And so yeah, so I've been a follower for years. So it was super fun for me to write in this world where the the real life queen has another son and set of grandchildren that the world doesn't know about, but 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 exist in my head. So
0: you know I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: I so anyway, so yeah, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. And uh, writing uh, somebody going over to live in that world um undercover was was fun. And writing the the Earl, who is kind of a throwback to the old, you know, the old uh, Gothic uh, uh, dukes and earls and whatever, where he's very, very arrogant and very, uh, he seems to be anyway. So that was fun.
0: <laughs> it's a lovely take. It's a, and I think we'd call it a contemporary romance.
1: It, it is contemporary romance. It has a little bit of suspense thrown in there, yeah. just a little bit, but it's, yeah, it's primarily contemporary romance. So yeah.
0: And you can see some of your uh, love of food conservation yes. and environmentalism in it. So I think that's awesome too. Absolutely. yeah,
1: yeah, it is. That that is wound into there too. So yeah, it is.
0: When, you're, when your when your obsessions can collide, it's always a beautiful place.
1: When I can make everything work together, that's that's like so much fun. It's a great thing about being a writer, right? Nobody's going to tell you you can't mix
0: <laughs> royalty. <laughs> <team>. Occasionally, <laughs> they try to tell you, but you know, none of the right <laughs> So, if somebody wanted to find you on the web, where would they do that? You can just Google T
1: A W D R A, and you will come up with more pages of me than you want to see. So that's the great thing about having a unique name is that it's very easy to find me. I am uh, my website is todricandle I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Twitter. I'm on TikTok a little bit. Are you really? Uh, yeah. It's it's you know. It's been a it's been a journey, and not I'm a still lot. Still skulking. I'm still like,
0: yeah, yeah. I took
1: classes, and yeah.
0: I have 92 followers. I've never put out content.
1: <laughs> you know what? I started by putting um, my one cat when we lived in our other house. It was Palm Sunday, and um, we had put palms like, and and the cat was desperate to get to it. So I like filmed him making his way over to the palm from Palm Sunday so that he could eat the palm. And that was my first TikTok. And I was like, okay, here we go. You know, so anyway.
0: I have it, but maybe I will use a cat.
1: Yeah. I've, the animals uh, are I, I feel like, yeah.
0: You can't you can't go wrong.
1: No. And if they need representation, I have been known to be an agent for my friend's animals and try to negotiate better contracts for them. So have them, you know, <laughs>
0: I, I am sure that Princess Leia and Gadget Girl will get right involved. Will we'll, yes, definitely. particularly yes. Princess Leia. She is yeah. very.
1: They they definitely need things like they need treats written into the contract. They need yes. a certain amount of rest. They need, you know, to sleep on your pillow if that's what they want. They they need all those things. So,
0: mine will probably talk about the dogs, and what they need to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
0: No, we joke about the fact that the person in the house that has the clearest boundaries is our cat, uh, Leia. When she says no, she means no. She
1: means no. You have to understand it, yeah. So tell
0: us the name of the book one more time. The Royal Nanny Undercover. And we're going to find it, and I will have some links up on our blog so that if you can't for some reason find Tadra, which you should be able to, but if you can't, you can look there and you can get some links and go buy that book, and I assume it's going to be available everywhere. Yeah, it'll be on my website. It's uh, uh, Amazon,
1: Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Google, and a bunch of smaller venues too.
0: So So Wherever you like to read a book, you can find her. That's right, absolutely. Well, Tadra... I hope you have a wonderful book release and that uh, your football team does well this year. Thanks to Tadra for dropping by The Geeky Side and chatting with me this week. Make sure you check out our website at thegeekyside.com and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you can get your next episode downloaded and ready to go. We'll see you next time on The Geeky Side.